Wow, good morning. You've had your worship service already. I don't know what I could uh, bring that you haven't had through the worship music, through the presentation on physical fitness and bridges, communities. I have been blessed this morning. But I thank you for the invitation to be here with you in my last 119 days. Before I refire, not retire, <laughs> I am refiring. I do bring you greetings from your denomination, uh, the Evangelical Covenant Church, and um, I'm happy to say God has uh, blessed me to have served at the denomination for the past 19 years. And um, it's been a joy and a huge growing experience. But I've um, heard that. You are working through the 10 healthy missional markers. And you gave me probably one of the hardest. Um, Many churches going through the markers, this is the one, if you've taken the survey, this is the one generally that scored the lowest. Um, And I can understand why. It's one of those hard ones to wrap your minds around. Um, But I I think... um, the worship leader for that syncopation, short, brief message, um, that we are to walk out of step with the world. And this is one of those ones that calls us truly to walk out of step. It's easier to just go with the flow, right? But as you have asked me to do it, I'll give you what I got. Is that all all right? Actually, I'll give you what God gave me, if that's even better. But, you know, when my kids were young, you know, I, um, I often wondered if they had a problem hearing. <laughs> Some of you might be able to relate to that and sometimes even sing. But, you know, I, uh, depending on the task, you know, my voice didn't always seem to register with them of what they needed to do. I would give pretty clear instructions, I thought, as a parent. We think we do that right. And they would clearly know what was required. But when the expectations weren't met, it left me to wonder, did they even hear me? Did they hear what I said? And so what do you do as parents? What do you normally do? You raise your voice. You start yelling louder and louder until they actually get it. And maybe they don't, and you uh, can go into something else. But, uh, but I just discovered that my children had selective hearing. They heard what they wanted to hear, and they heard the things and did the things that they wanted to do. If it was too hard, maybe they didn't hear that. And so I I had to take the passage that we're looking at today, Micah 6.8, the whole of Micah, actually. And um, as I talked, I thought about what my kids didn't or didn't do. I had to look at myself and wonder... Do I actually hear God when he says to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with my God? Well, there are certain areas in Scripture, many areas in Scripture, a whole lot of areas in Scripture, that God gives pretty clear directions But our selective hearing lets us pick and choose which ones we really want to give our attention to. 
And so I'm guilty, and maybe one or two of you perhaps are as well, of having that selective hearing and doing the things that are easier to do, walking in step, rather out of step. And so as we look at today's um, healthy missional markers, and I have to tell you, I'm not, the, um, I'm not a preacher, so don't get your expectations up. I'll say that. Um, but as, we, as you look at this uh, missional marker today about transforming communities through active let me say that again, trans, in case you didn't hear me. Transforming communities through active compassion, mercy, and justice ministries. There's some action required there. And so Micah 6.8 is foundational to this healthy missional marker. And it's a passage, it's text that we hear all the time. We use it, it's being used as a rallying call for justice. Many conferences are using this passage as a theme for their conference. And even some denominations are changing their names to, from compassion, mercy, and justice to love, mercy, do justice as a mission priority. Is that familiar to you? Well... It should be that the church um, is well ahead of the curve with looking at Micah 6a. Um, it's very popular in society now, and we have a, a lot of young folks who are trumpeting this Micah 6a rallying cry. Um, but unfortunately, the church is not well ahead of the curve as it should be. So I hate to break the news to you, but I think we're falling very short of what Micah has written down and has called us to. As a matter of fact, I think this is, as I said earlier, this is the most difficult marker to fully live into in a holistic way. So we can do the front part of it, compassion and maybe even mercy. But the justice piece, well, you know, we want to be careful with that because mm, we might be bordering into some um, political arenas and we're the church. But unless we have selective hearing church, Micah is not splitting hairs here. Micah clearly says what the Lord requires of his people. And so I want to just give a little bit of context. Who is this Micah guy? Well, I believe Micah just had a really hard job as did Isaiah and Amos and Hosea and all the other prophets, Jeremiah. He had this hard job to call out to some pretty hard-headed, non-hearing people in both the north, Samaria, and the south, Jerusalem. I think about, I'm from the north. The north, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm from the south side of Chicago, Um, I would consider this more north for me from where I come from. But Micah was calling out to these people who just weren't hearing. Micah wasn't the first prophet. Before him came Isaiah and Jeremiah. And then you had Amos. You had all these prophets that were calling out. But these were quite challenging times. And these prophets were yelling and screaming. And obviously people weren't hearing God's people weren't hearing. 
You know, this, the, these times for Micah were filled with corrupt judges. Listen closely because it might sound similar to us today. The times were filled with corrupt judges, self-serving rulers. Sound familiar? False prophets and idolatrous people. Well, we can call out all the rest, but that last one, idolatrous people, that, that's not the times today, right? That's not us. But these people were engaged in false worship. They were engaged in prostitution, cultic prostitution. They were engaged in bribery, occult practices, so much more that was going on that Micah was trying to help them hear from the Lord. They offered sacrifices. Um, Some of us might do that every now and then. Uh, We do it in ways that we think are not like in Micah's days, but we do religious things. We, we probably are good church attenders. And let me, let me put a parenthesis here. I don't usually get invited back because I've been known as Debbie Downer. Um, because when you talk about justice, it really is, it makes some people uncomfortable. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, that's a good thing. Yeah, good. But we do some religious things. We go to church. We might be good tithers, but God wasn't interested, if you read the whole of Micah, he wasn't interested in their religious activity. He wasn't interested in how many rams that they bring or them giving up their firstborn children. He wasn't interested in their activity. He was interested in the condition of their heart. The people thought they were just really impressing God by their religious activity. If you go over to Isaiah 58, you'll see, uh, you'll read about how wonderful these people felt about their fasting. Look, God, look at us. See how wonderful and noble we are. See how humble we are. We fasted all day long, but you're not even paying attention to us. Well, God was not interested in their religious activity. And in chapter in the, in seven chapters of Micah, all you hear clearly: listen, Michael. Michael was saying, listen, here in seven chapters, ten times, Michael was calling the people to listen, to hear. Just like our children, these people aren't hearing Micah, and so God is yelling louder. And so I ask the question today, sisters and brothers, do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? And so our sister Rose read uh, Matthew 25, where it talks about folks who are on the fringes, fringes, the hungry, the sick, the prisoner, the stranger, the naked. Yes, these people were on the fringes. But what happened? Why? Why were they there? Do you hear, and I thank the brother for talking about the Bridges communities, do you hear what I hear? Do you hear the sounds from the voiceless, from the powerless, and from the invisible? Well, I had to tell God early on, I'm not sure I'm hearing you, Lord. 
I'm doing okay, and I'm doing my religious activity. I'm tithing. I'm going to church all the time. I'm serving in the church. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. God says, yet, but you're not hearing the voices from the fringes. An author, Donald Beeson, in um, a chapter in The Sacred Call, um, in a chapter called Tending the Least of These, he says, actually, God is screaming from the edges. God is screaming from the edges. Do you hear what I hear? Well, I quickly came to realize that my world was way too small and much too insular. See, I was content with um, remaining in in my Samaria on the south and being enclosed and being with my people. And it was, okay, Lord, I can do what you can call me to do right here where I am. But God said, I have things that you need to look beyond. You need to see what I see. You need to hear what I hear. I wasn't a willing candidate, but I was willing to serve the Lord. And so God um, took me to places. Your, your husband is in one of those places now, Dana. They had to, in South Africa where people on the margins, women on the margins, no one knows them. They're powerless, they're voiceless, they're invisible. But they're crying out for their community. Beeson again says, um, he asks, am I willing to truly see, hear, and feel the reality of others? He says it is a subtle call to the prophetic edge. I'm assured that Christ calls us to join him on the margins, to make the invisible visible, to bring the gift of his love to those who have been forgotten, misplaced, and displaced. He wants us to bring his love, his grace, his mercy, and his justice to the least of these. And so Matthew 25 gives us that list. We don't have to look very far to see what Christ did and what Christ is saying, what we did to the least of these brothers and sisters of his, we did unto him. But what's the problem? Yeah, we all know Matthew 25. We all know Micah 6, 8. But we live in the land of the free, right? We are blessed and fortunate enough to be Americans, to live in the United States, the land of the free. But not for everyone. I want to ask you to think about an issue called mass incarceration. Our criminal justice system that sorely needs reforming. From the incarceration clock from a website called prisonsucks.com. At 3.51.53 a.m. today. 3.51 a.m. this morning, there is an estimated 2,199,828 people in our prisons and jails. United States, the land of the free. There are some 10,000 children, children 
between the ages of 13 to 17, housed in adult jails and prisons on any given day in this country. Imagine your child, 13, 14 years old, could have been incarcerated and sent to an adult prison. Over 10,000. 3,095 people in the United States are currently under a death sentence, sitting on death row in this country. More than half of that 3,095 are people of color. 42% of those on death death row are African-American. I don't know if you um, read the story just a couple of weeks ago of Anthony Ray Hinton, who was just released from death row after 30 years of being convicted, sent to death row, and was now found to be not guilty of the crime that he was sentenced for. Imagine your life spent 30 years for a crime that you did not commit spent on death row. In America, in our country, right here, one out of every three black men born in 2001 will go to jail or prison if our current trend continues. The land of the free sisters and brothers. Compassion, mercy, and justice. What about human trafficking? A source says there are approximately 300,000 children at risk of being prostituted in the United States. One in three teens on the street will be lured toward prostitution within 48 hours of leaving home. Sorry, this isn't a feel-good message. This isn't a rah-rah, yay, I'm glad I was here today. But if we, the church, don't know what's happening in our world, listen, hear. Micah is calling us to hear. How about immigration? 11 million undocumented, unauthorized people are living in our country, many of them living in the shadows, many of them here for the very reason that we enjoy what we have in the United States, because what they didn't have in their country, and they're looking for something better for their family. Last year, over 50,000 children from countries, Guatemala, Honduras, and other countries crossed our southern borders, looking, escaping violence and looking for something better here in the United States. How about our country being the land of plenty? We all have more than enough, right? Well, you think about food insecurity, hunger. 14% of households were food insecure, One in four, 26% African-American households are food insecure. Nearly one in four, 24% Latino households are food insecure. Poverty, 
Anybody know about this increasing wealth gap that we have in this country? And I can go on and on. I have plenty of stats. If you're interested, see me later. But what is going on that Micah's talking to us and we're not hearing? Micah was talking to his people and they weren't hearing. Do you hear what I hear? What about Jesus? What if Jesus was around in our time? (laughs) What would he do? with what we are experiencing in this country today. Well, we have examples of Jesus meeting the needs, not just compassionate needs or salvation needs, but he was calling for righteousness and justice. He had an encounter with a Samaritan woman. He had an encounter with a woman with an issue of blood. He cured, he healed lepers. He fed hungry people, over 5,000 in one setting. He was Jesus to the grieving, the rich, the poor, the demon-possessed, the marginalized, the paralyzed, those on the fringes. God is screaming from the edges, do you hear what I hear? Well, if, if we don't take time to step back and really think about what Micah is calling us to, this marker will just be a check, uh, check off on our checklist. This is a hard one, no doubt about it. But being hard does not mean it's not required. Micah begins verse 8 with asking, what does the Lord require? The people already knew what the Lord required. But he reiterated what the Lord required. And so the Lord requires for us, church, to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. So I ask you, sisters and brothers, do we hear the brokenness in our world? In the midst of earthquakes like we had in Nepal with over 5,000 deaths, fires, floods, drought, hurricanes, tornadoes, do we hear the brokenness in our world with gun violence, mental illness, addictions of all kinds, educational failures, inequities, racism, sexism, ageism, any ism you want to put there, do we hear the need for healing, hope, encouragement? Do we hear the brokenness in our world with mass incarceration of adults and children, broken family systems, broken immigration systems, teen moms, abused moms, the alienated, the isolated, the uninsured, and the underinsured, those being trafficked, those in need of companions who will help restore dignity for people who have been created in the image of God. Do we hear the voices of the Oscar Davis, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray? Do we hear the voices saying, Black Lives Matter? Do we hear the silence of women suffering from domestic violence with nowhere to go, no one they can trust, the pain that they're bearing in silence? 
do we even hear, sisters and brothers, our own mutual brokenness? Well, this healthy missional marker, you're in for some fun. Transforming communities through active ministries of compassion, mercy, and justice. You can't take that adjective out there. Active ministries. How do we listen? What are the needs in this community? As I talked about, I come from a far distance from here. There are many needs in my community. Uh, you can just imagine as you look, look at the news and read the papers, being from the south side, what the needs would be. I'm not sure what your needs are in this community, but I would venture to say there are needs here. We heard from Bridge Communities of one of the needs that are being addressed. If you have an um, explanation of the 10 healthy missional markers, each one has three bullet points, three statements. Well, I'd like for our purposes today to um, refresh those statements by turning them into questions for you. And so the first one is, are you burdened for the hurting people in your community and beyond? Are you burdened, Naperville Covenant, for the hurting people in your community and those beyond? Who are they? You know, I don't know who the hurting are in this community. But I venture to say there are some thirsty folks, there are some hungry folks, some sick folks, those who are strangers, those who are naked or homeless, and those who may have been incarcerated and trying to make their way back into society. I venture to say you probably have the abused here, or even the misused, the displaced, misplaced, or unplaced folks. And this second question I will ask you, who are the hurting beyond this community that you can respond to? So that's the first bullet point in the healthy missional marker. Who are the burden? Who are you burdened for? that are hurting in this community. The second one, have you identified pathways for compassion, mercy, and justice ministries to take place? What would those pathways look like? What would it look like right here in your own context? How will your CMJ, Compassion, Mercy, and Justice Ministries, not only serve the need, but solve the problem? That's the justice piece. Too often we stop at being people of compassion in meeting the need, but we need to continue on to ask the question of the system, why does this need exist? And then the third thing is, is this church equipping and growing its people in their ability to see and address the hurts and the causes of the hurts in your community? and beyond. So are you equipping and growing your people so that we begin to see with God's eyes, we begin to feel with God's heart, we begin to hear with God's ears those who are on the margins. Do you see the pain? Do you hear the pain in the isms? Are you hearing the groans from the margins and running to them instead of running from them.
So what? How do we hone our listening skills as we, as I prepare to conclude so that we can truly hear God's screams from the edges and do what God expects of us? We heard the passages, Matthew 25, Micah 6, 8. Yes, we do those things. We do it not because it's the religious thing to do, but we do it because our hearts are breaking for the things that break God's heart. And so we not only pull people from the river who are drowning, but we go upstream to see what in the system keeps throwing the man. So just last week, um, one of our ushers lost, we funeralized her 21-year-old son who was a victim of gun violence in a gas station in Gary. Someone tried to carjack him and shot him, killed him. Um, that's the story of what happens on the south side of Chicago. So our people are aware. We see and know what's happening. But we need to find pathways, which we have a new pastor who's looking for pathways to address the issues that are taking place in our very own community. I was recently um, participating in a church's food distribution. We were packing up the food, and the line was growing. And these people were standing in this line. I imagine um, this, this line with Jesus in it. But the people had, all of them had their heads down. It was a show of uh, less than dignity. And as these people came up, they were asked for their IDs to get the food, their heads continued to stay down, and they just handed their IDs. They were pushed to the side and told them to wait until they were called. I wondered, as, as the servers were um, taking their names and their IDs, if they had have had a little bit more compassion and mercy for these folks. But they were celebrating that this week they had maybe 25 more people than they had the last month which I found um, challenging to celebrate your numbers growing of hungry people rather than working ourselves out of a job. And so we talk compassion, mercy, and justice. We need to meet the need. We need to feed those who are hungry. But we also need to not celebrate that number increasing so we can feel better about what we're doing. But the number is decreasing because we are becoming advocates for these people to say, why do they not have the same access to what I have, the same food, the same water, the same rights that I have? And so I, I close with reading for you Micah 6, 8, one last time, in the words of Eugene Peterson. He said, but he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. Do you hear what I hear, friends? God is screaming from the edges, the very place where Jesus lived. 
Will you dare to, be go, to go beyond your own world, to hear with the ears of your heart, bringing hope to a very broken world? I dare you. May it be so. God bless you.